Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and so glad you're joining the podcast today that you've tuned in, that you hit that play button, and um, I hope you'll hit a review on this podcast. Hope you'll share it with your friends. Um, and most of all, hope you'll be in touch with me. Um, there's an email link on the bottom of the podcast. Um, you know, link that you clicked on. But if you didn't catch it, let me give it to you right now. You can email me at Spellman Ministries, S P E L L M A N, Ministries, plural, at gmail.com. And let me hear some feedback on the podcast. Let me hear uh, what has encouraged you, maybe even some constructive criticism. Hey, any way you think the podcast can be better, I'll, I'll take your, your criticism or your advice or whatever. But let me hear from you, man. And also, especially if you have prayer requests, if there's a, a way that I can specifically and our family, our ministry team, our prayer force can be praying for you, then please let us know what those prayer requests are. And lastly, if you have any ideas for just discussion topics, things that you'd like to uh, put on the table, so to speak, because we want this to be a conversation, something we share back and forth with. And so if you have ideas or questions, something you'd like to dig in, talk about, and we can get into that as well. Uh, Again, just thanks for being a part. Your time is so valuable and taking time to just listen and be a part of the conversation is huge it's uh it's an honor for us to just pour out our hearts each week and bring these conversations to you so without any further ado let's get into the most important conversation and that's the word of god and uh We've been, well, last week we kind of picked up again, uh, digging into Philippians 3, which is really the foundational uh, platform for marksmen, but it's more than just a like a lead-off verse. I mean, it really is the heartbeat. It is the taproot of the vision of this particular conversation with men. Um, I think I've probably shared this before, but this this passage and some of these verses here were ones that my father and I, um, especially in latter years when he had rededicated his life to the Lord, I'd gotten saved. My parents, we all started serving God together at a whole new level. And uh, man, this was this was my dad's life verse. And so it, it got into to me. And so, uh, you know, from a father to a son and now to you guys, I just want to keep this as the heartbeat of what Marksman's all about, because there's a lot that Paul can teach us. Um, Paul, of course, had a road to Damascus experience, Acts chapter nine, where he had been serving God the best that he knew. And his his serving God was zealous. He was so zealous in pursuing what he thought to be right, he was persecuting the church. He was actually putting Christians uh, to death, and he had death certificates and orders from the high priest and was on the road to Damascus when the Lord appeared to him and said, Saul, Saul, it's hard to keep kicking against the pricks. And he's referring to the, the prick of our conscience, the conviction. When Holy Spirit is convicting us, when our conscience is convicting us, those are the pricks he's referring to. And specifically, 
it's pretty clear that Acts chapter 6, when, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 7, when Stephen was being put to death, this had happened just prior to the Acts 9 uh, record. Uh, Stephen was being put to death in Acts chapter 7, and down around verse 63, after P, after uh, Stephen had given a lengthy sermon, if you will, a history that brought the fullness of who Christ is in the fullness of fulfillment of every type and shadow from Abraham to Moses and on through the other prophets— and then he spoke a real stern word about, you know, you you guys are hardening your hearts. And, and the fathers, referring to the previous generations, did always harden their hearts. So he, he spoke a real strong word, a real clear word, obviously a real convicting word. And then he looked up to heaven and he said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And at that, they, they begin to rent their clothes, and the order was given for him to be stoned, and he was literally stoned to death as he gazed up to heaven. And as he did, he cried out, Stephen cried out and said, Father, do not hold this sin against their charge or do not hold this sin against them. And Saul had to have heard those words. And I'm convinced that in Acts 9, when he's on the road to Damascus, and the Lord says it's hard to keep kicking against the pricks, I'm sure those words that Stephen spoke was pricking his heart. And that's what happens when the Word of God is is delivered under the unction of the Holy Ghost and the, and the grace of the Holy Spirit is upon a man or woman of God and they're speaking and they're delivering a message in the Word of the Lord. There's going to come that conviction, you know, whether you're sitting in a, a special convention or a service or a, a local church gathering or uh, revival services or maybe a, a, just a, a devotion, maybe an early morning devotion before work. Um, when the Word of God begins to uh, quicken our hearts and prick our hearts, we must pay attention to that. We can't just push through that and ignore that because those are the things that are going to uh, bring about the transformation because that's very personal. Uh, that's a very personal touch that the Lord's given us as men. And we don't need to push through that. And that's what Jesus was saying to Paul, don't keep kicking against the pricks. Well, you know, I think it's kind of interesting. It's kind of a play on words, but the the street, the road to Damascus, <laughs> uh, I heard somebody say one time, a little play on words, you know, you just break that word down, Damascus, of course, it's a town in Syria, but you just break it apart, demask us. Demask us. In other words, take the mask off. Take take off that which you're hiding behind. And that's what conviction does. See, the Bible says in Hebrews 4 that the Word of God, in fact, uh, let me just read it to you real quick. I, I could quote it, but uh, if you're listening and you have a Bible nearby, I want to give you time to find it too. But this is so powerful. Hebrews chapter 4, it says this in verse 11. Um, yeah, we'll grab it in verse 11. Oh, verse 12, Hebrews 4.12. Here's what it says. It says, for the word of God is living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, 
It will pierce even to the division, or that is the dividing of soul and spirit, and even of the joint and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So, in other words, God gets very personal with us. The Word of God is intended to be very personal, and those are those, that's that prick. You know, that Jesus was was calling out to Saul on the road to Damascus when he said, you know, Saul, Saul, it's hard to just keep kicking against the pricks to ignore those. Because here's what happens. Men, you know this. I mean, um, especially men, um, if you've done a lot of work with your hands, whether it's mechanics, woodwork, you know, any kind of outdoor landscaping, uh, any kind of outdoor work, carpentry work, framing, uh, roofing, that kind of stuff, you eventually build up calluses on your hands or that that portion of your body that it just gets tougher. And so it's harder and harder to feel little things because you develop this callus on your fingers or your hands or the palms of your hands. And uh, sometimes those calluses can get so thick. I mean, um, there was a time when I was doing a lot of uh, construction things. I'd get calluses so thick on my hands that I could even carve some of it with a little knife, like a like a little pocket knife that I carried, um, you know, so that may be a little bit too much information. But I'm just saying you can get a pretty thick callus on your hands with enough, um, you know, resistance and so forth. And that's, of course, you know, that's, you know, in a construction situation that that, of course, you know, is kind of nice. It's like a wearing your own set of gloves. But but that isn't what you want on your heart. You don't want your heart calloused because then what that means is you can't feel. And the last thing we, oh my goodness, the last thing we want is to not feel the conviction of the Lord or the conviction of the Holy Spirit or even the conviction of our own conscience. That is one of the most dangerous places we will ever find ourselves. That is one of the most desperate and and I can't even emphasize enough dangerous places to find ourselves is where we've calloused our hearts, where we don't feel that conviction anymore. We don't feel that 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 poking, that, that prodding, that, that, uh, that attention the Lord's trying to give to something in our life. And he's, he's highlighting that it's coming up and he's, he's spotlighting us. And like it says, it gets so personal that it, here's what it says. It says in verse 12, Hebrews four, it's living the word of God. He's it's living. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two edged sword. It pierces. It goes right in between soul and spirit. I mean, your your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. It gets right into all of that, even the joint and marrow. I mean, that's in your bones. That's like you'd have to have a microscope to even discern those things. But that's how penetrating the Word of God is. It gets into every realm physically, naturally. It gets into every realm spiritually and emotionally. And I love this in verse 13. It says, there is no creature, nothing created that is hidden from his sight, but all things are naked that means they're exposed, they're not covered, and they're open to the eyes of him with whom we must give an account. And that's what Paul was being pressed upon by the Lord when the Lord said, Paul, or you know, Saul at that point, Saul, 
It's hard to keep kicking against the pricks. In other words, you think you're hiding. You think you're just overriding it. You're just going to ignore it. But he said you don't want to get to the place where you just keep ignoring, keep ignoring, keep ignoring. Because it says in the book of Proverbs, if you you get to that point, there's at some point you get so callous, so hardened, that even the Lord can't penetrate. He can't even reach you anymore. And again, that is, again, that dangerous place. Um, And I did not have any plans on going this direction in today's conversation. So I know the Holy Spirit's making an appeal today, and He's encouraging us today to really keep our hearts sensitive. And and maybe let's just ask the Lord, you know, is there anywhere that I've been, you know, been hardening myself? You've been dealing with me about something, um, but I've not been adjusting. You've been talking to me about this, but I've not been making the change. I, I, you've dealt with me to start something, and I, I've just dragged my feet. I haven't got it started or maybe you dealt with you to stop something and you're just still kind of messing with it and and we got to just completely draw that line and just make that quality decision and call upon the grace of God just to cut that out just to stop that to to step away from that because here's what it says no creation Hebrews 4 13 no creation nothing in creation is hidden from his sight so that's that demask us that I was kind of play on words there but um you know we might as well go ahead and take the mask off because we're not hiding anything from him we can hide things from our spouse we can hide things from our kids and we can think we're hiding ourselves you know but really people many times see through it we may think we're hiding it but you know like what is it uh, Matthew 12 Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and you've probably heard me say this before that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth also leaks and so you know sometimes we think we're hiding things but things leak out you know it leaks out in a tone it leaks out in a sharpness it leaks out in like an avoidance uh you know you're just kind of distant you're not connected you're not engaged you're not present in the moment you know your kids feel that your your spouse feels that your wife feels that your your people at work i mean the we may think we're hiding but we're not hiding and definitely we're not hiding anything from the lord nothing created no creature is hidden from his sight but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him with whom we must give an account and that is such a powerful truth because that helps us stay steady men when we realize we're going to give an account It'll just help us make a better decision. It'll help us make a better choice. It'll help us be more, way more intentional when we realize that we're going to give an account for how we lead in our home, how we lead in our mar- uh, marriage, how we how we lead our finances, how we lead our children, um, how we how we lead at work. Just leading our lives, knowing that we must give an account. Seeing then we have a great high priest, let's roll on in Hebrews 4. Seeing then we have such a great high priest. So in other words, don't take that like, whoa, that's heavy. <laughs> it is heavy, but but let's go all the way with the verse. Seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize, kind of a double negative. He's basically saying we have a high priest who understands. We have a high priest who understands our weakness. He was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. 
He was tempted in all points. He completely understands every temptation that we ever experience as men or as people, as humans. He completely understands. And you say, wait a minute, how is it possible that he would, I mean, he wasn't tempted to do drugs. He wasn't tempted to look at porn. He wasn't tempted to uh, cheat on his wife. He wasn't tempted, you know, on and on. He wasn't tempted to embezzle. Okay, well, we got to back up. It says he was tempted in all points. So what are the points of sin? Well, there's a couple references. This really isn't the the topic of today's uh, conversation, but I guess it is now. Um, Because it's important we understand that, because otherwise we won't feel like he really understands. Because we, we can read that and we can believe that. But emotionally, we we struggle to see how is it that he really understands all the points at which I'm tempted. So let's let's do just take a quick um, let's just take the rest of our time and just kind of dig into that a little bit. It won't take but a little bit of time. But go to First um, John chapter two. Um, we can see the first instance of this. First John chapter two. It says in verse 15, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. Obviously, the love of the world, that's where your temptations coming from. And he goes on real specific. He says, for all that is in the world, that means all these are this is (laughs) he's going to give us a summary of every direction temptation can come from all that's in the world everything that's going to come against your relationship with god and the love of the father that's in your heart everything that's going to challenge you test you tempt you uh, come against you resist you he's going to wrap it up all that is in the world here it is three things that's right three things lust of the flesh lust of the eyes and the pride of life so there's the there's the points when it says Jesus was tempted at all points, those are the points. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Here's another reference. We're not going to turn there, but go back to Genesis 3, and you'll see when Adam and Eve were tempted, what was the thing <laughs> that the tempters, when he showed the fruit to Eve and to Adam and said, look, it's, it's, it's good for food. It's pleasant to the eyes. It's desirable to make one wise. That's the same three points, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. And then, of course, then you go right into Matthew 4, Luke 4, the wilderness temptation. There's exactly three points at which Jesus was tempted. And you can read about him in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. It's the wilderness temptation of Christ. And again, it's no accident that there was three points there. There was three points in Genesis 3. And there's three points here that he mentions in 1 John 2, 15. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, that is not of the Father. Now go back to Hebrews 4. Right where we left off, I'm clicking here on my iPad. Um, so when we see that Jesus was tempted in all points, that's that's what you need to understand in that. It wasn't like he was tempted to do drugs. I mean, the lust of the flesh is the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes is the lust of the eyes. It, it doesn't matter how it's packaged. It's the same temptation. 
And so the lust of the flesh, appetites of the flesh, lust of the eyes, things to look at, to see, that, that distract us, pull us away, and, and the pride of life. These are things that every person is tempted with, and these are all points. And that's why when it says in Hebrews 4, let's read it again, we have an awesome high priest. He's in the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, he he can sympathize. He can understand our weaknesses. He was in all points tempted. So we just did a quick teaching on that. He was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now, I want somebody to get ready to get free here because this was one of the biggest um, trip ups for me when I was first really wanting to, um, you know, I was wanting to serve God. I was wanting to, um, my iPad's doing goofy things here. I was wanting to serve God and wanting to really uh, grow. I was, I was desiring to please the Lord, but I kept stumbling in certain areas and um, let me share with you one thing that I discovered, and it was one time, in fact, I guess it was um, it was Keith Moore, I believe, was doing the teaching on uh, the truth about temptation. Let me go ahead and give you a quick uh, a resource, um, one that I use, have used for decades, and uh, our family uses, and I want to encourage you to use, and that is... Uh, More Life Ministries, or Faith Life Church, uh, Branson, uh, Keith Moore, M-O-O-R-E, More Life Ministries. Um, They have free resources. Um, All their downloads are free. All their products are free. DVDs, CDs, downloads, nothing's charged to you. Um, They have partners that partner with them to provide those things free of charge. It's one of the reasons we were inspired because of how we were blessed by that ministry. We've always endeavored to make our resources free of charge as well. But you can go to those resource tabs, and if you want to get a real in-depth teaching on the subject about the truth about temptation, you can literally go to his website and just put in the search bar, truth about temptation or the truth of temptation, and you'll get like a 12-part I mean, I'm talking in-depth teaching on the very thing I just gave you just short bullet points on. But I'm telling you, here's something he said in that teaching, and it revolutionized my life decades ago. And it's it's right there in Scripture how it is that, you know, you don't see it, but it's right there. It says he was tempted in all points, yet without sin. So here's the point. Temptation is not sin. I want to say that again. Temptation is not sin. I think in Spanish it's like temptación no es pecado. <laughs> I think I learned that one time. And if I did that wrong, my Spanish friends, I'm, I'm sorry. I tried. <laughs> but temptation is not sin. How important is it to get that? Because here's what I struggled with. Here's what I know a lot of people struggle with. I know men struggle with. Sometimes just because you're tempted, you start accepting shame. You start accepting guilt. You start, you you even accept condemnation. All that stuff can come on you. You haven't even sinned. You haven't done it. You haven't given yourself to it. You haven't really even begun to meditate it. But just because you had the thought, you had the feeling, you have the desire and that that came upon you, 
And that's, I want to say that intentionally, it came upon you because that's a lot of times where these temptations come because we have these these evil forces out there, these these demonic forces that are bringing these temptations to us. And a lot of times they try to lie to us and say, oh, that's in you. That's in you. That's you. Well, see, that's a lie. If you're born again, you have the seed of Christ in you. You have the mind of Christ. You have the nature of God in you. And so these things come from without. And a lot of times, just because we have the desire, just because we have the feeling, just because we have the thought, a lot of times we owe it, we cave right there and we give in to shame, guilt, and condemnation. And then we think, well, I'm already defeated by it. I might as well do it. <laughs> and we go back and we, and we cycle and we go around the mountain again. Well, here's a freedom point for you, for you men, because it brought tremendous, tremendous freedom to me. And that is that temptation. See, notice he was tempted. The temptation was real. He was tempted. He had the thought came, the feeling came, the 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 desire came, however you want to describe it. He was tempted. The Bible says he was tempted. That means he can sympathize with our weakness. That's what we just read. He was tempted. And sometimes that will that will rage against the religious spirit because we think, well, he's perfect. He never sinned. True, he never sinned, but it, the Bible says he was tempted. This is how he can sympathize with us and not just sympathize what we're about ready to read. Man, he's going to help us overcome because the fact, if we can accept the fact that he was tempted like we are in all points, and just because we're tempted, we're not, we haven't even entered into sin. There's nothing even to repent of at that point if you're just tempted. If the desire comes, the thought comes, the feeling comes. No, that's the point at which we resist. We don't have to repent of that. We just need to resist it and call it out and say, no, that's not me. That That's not me anymore. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the Most High God. I'm a man of God. I'm, I'm not giving myself to that anymore. I'm not selling cheap anymore. No, I know who I am in Christ. Christ is in me, and I am in Christ. And I, I might have used to have done that. I might have used to have gone down that way, but that's not who I am anymore. And so literally, we have to resist it with our words. The Bible says, Jesus said in Matthew 6, take no thought, saying... When he was talking about not worrying, being anxious, he gave us a real key there in Matthew 6. He says, take no thought saying. So that's the key. The, the reason we don't take the temptation and the thoughts and the feelings and desires is we've got to say something against it. We've got to resist it with our words. And I'm encouraging men, many times, you'll have to speak out loud. You can't just fight thoughts with thoughts. You've got to fight thoughts with words and speak out against those temptations, speak out against those feelings, speak out against those desires and say, no, that's not who I am. Now, let's finish reading here. Jesus was tempted in all points, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly. (laughs) I love it. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Praise God. Mercy is available. His mercies are new every morning. Let us obtain mercy. And I love this and find grace to help in the time of need. Now, let me make a quick breakdown of these two things, mercy and grace, and then we'll wrap up for today. Really going to try to not go quite so long on these podcasts, but I tell you, 
you guys just listen so good. I get so excited talking about the word and the truths that are changing my life. And I trust they're changing your lives. But, you know, let's let's def- differentiate between these things, mercy and grace. Sometimes we get these words and they just get all kind of thrown into the pot together. But there's a huge difference. We come boldly to the throne of grace to first obtain mercy. Mercy is, you know, that's that's when I'm not getting what I deserve. I mean, that's me receiving forgiveness. That's me accepting that the blood of Jesus was a payment for my sin. And I accept that and I confess my sin. Like First John 1, 9 says, confess our sins. He is faithful. He is just to forgive us our sins and then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John 1, 9. So that's mercy. That's mercy when we accept that prick, that prick of our conscience, that prick of conviction, and we confess and we repent and we resist, whatever the situation requires, and we we lay hold of the blood of Jesus for our cleansing. But notice what is also available at the throne of grace is grace, duh, (laughs) grace. And grace is the empowering presence of God. See, when Jesus appeared to his disciples, the first thing he said in John 20, verse 22, he said, receive Holy Spirit. And it says he breathed on them. He went, he said, receive Holy Spirit. Whoever sins you remove, they are removed. Whoever sins you retain, they are retained. I mean, the first thing out of the gate, receive Holy Spirit and, and, and release people of their sins. Because if you don't, they're going to be retained. The first thing he dealt with, but he talked about receiving Holy Spirit and he breathed, breathed on them. In other words, this he was coming into them. This was them getting born again. See, that's when the disciples were actually born again, because that was after his death, his burial, his resurrection, ascension. Then he appeared to them off and on 40 days before he ascended in Acts chapter one. But he breathed on them and that's when they were born again. And then in Acts chapter 2, Holy Spirit came, baptism of the Holy Spirit came, another experience where the Spirit was upon them. He breathed on them in in John 20, Spirit within. Acts 2, Holy Spirit poured out, Spirit upon, two different experiences with the Holy Spirit. But with Him in us, that means we have God's empowering presence. That's grace. See, the New Testament is different than the Old. The Old Testament had mercy. They could they could sacrifice animals, apply the blood, and they could have their sins forgiven for the year. And they had to do that year after year and throughout the year, bring trespass offerings, sin offerings, all those kinds of things. And they could be forgiven. They could receive mercy. But the new covenant, glory to God, we have not only mercy, we have God's empowering presence in us and on us. So that not only can we recognize when the enemy's tempting us, we can then resist him with Christ in us, the hope of glory. Man, I hope I've encouraged your heart today and just maybe broke down a few simple things that these were game changers for me as I as I've grown and they continue to transform my life and and I call out the enemy's deception. I don't get 
tangled up in ways I used to get tangled up before. So hopefully some of the things that we kind of broke down for you here in the conversation today was helpful. Again, if you have any questions, any thoughts, any prayer requests, hope you'll email me at spellmanministries at gmail.com. Also check out our website, spellmanministries.org, spellmanministries.org, and you can there click on some of the free resources we talked about, Who I Am in Christ, downloads, blood confessions. There's some videos to watch. And there's links there to all the other podcasts. Um, this, of course, comes to you fresh every Thursday, Marksman. But tomorrow, Friday, uh, my wife and I, we've been doing a series on the mission of marriage. That's right. A mission of marriage. So that's our Friday family mission podcast. And then yesterday, hope you hope you checked it out. If you didn't go back and grab it, Sam does his roar revealing our amazing redeemer. Love, love, love that podcast. I love listening to him. He's He's got a fresh, fresh uh, take on a lot of great truths from scripture and God's doing amazing things in Sam's life. And, and you'll want to check that out, man. It, it blesses me. It'll bless you. And then, of course, if your wives haven't checked it out, Tuesdays, every Tuesday, my wife goes live. Well, I shouldn't say live, goes out with a fresh podcast um, called Crowned in His Glory. So, ladies, uh, check that out. So that means, guys, you're going to have to tell your wives, your friends, your lady friends, family members about it, that they can check out on the Family Mission group, Crowned in His Glory, a new episode every Tuesday. So I think that's all the the advertising I have for you today. But let me just pray for you before we sign off here today. Father, I just thank you for the mighty work that you're doing in their lives today. I thank you that we can share and we can we can share time together and we can press in together into the fullness of Christ and we can aim at Christ's likeness. And in doing that, we can be transformed and we can go from glory to glory and we can go from grace to grace and we can go from faith to faith. Gentlemen, I want to thank you for tuning in to Marksman. Thank you that you've decided to aim your life at Christ's likeness and I'm so thankful that Christ has marked your life. So be a blessing this week. Be a blessing this day and shine for Jesus. Thank you.